In a world full of boring stories, bad videos, and marketing misinformation, one very tall man with a weird last name will use his microphone. This thing on? Use his video marketing knowledge. It's the red button, right? And use his friends. Please be on the show. To change that. You are listening to The Garlic Marketing Show with Ian. What? No, that's how you pronounce it. Well, if you say so, your host, Ian Garlic. Welcome to the Garlic Marketing Show. Got Ian Garlic here. And today we're going to talk video. And one of my good friends and an awesome videographer, video expert, Thomas Duran is here to talk video with me and talk to you about how you can not only improve your message, but get it out there and get it to the right people uh, using video. Thomas, thanks a lot for joining us. Thank you for having me. I'm Mark. Uh, awesome. So tell us a little bit about what your, your, your history in video. Yeah, so where I began was about, uh, I would say about 13 years ago. Um, I, had, I was just a young kid <laughs> that uh, had just a liking of, of a camera. I used to work for a, a volunteer for a youth group, and we used to shoot a lot of different videos. And that youth group had like a uh, uh, their own little video production company, I guess you could say. And, and so, um, you know, it was just through that that I was like, man, I really want to become a, a just a, I want to learn how to use a camera. Little did I know what what world is out there outside of the camera. But that was my ultimate goal was just to be a camera operator. And so um, I got connected with a uh, I got connected with a video production company out here in Arizona. And uh, I volunteered my time. I consider it as my internship. I volunteered every <laughs> for a whole year for free, uh, 30, year, or 30 hours a week. Just kept on showing up. They realized that they weren't going to get rid of me. Learned the business from the ground up, from being a grip all the way to – it was more broadcasting side of things. So understanding the different roles that are in that, you know, from, from being a grip – to being a camera operator, to being a technical director, to being a producer, to being, you know, what everything that takes in place in order to run a run a whole show, you know, live broadcast show. So um, did that for 10, 12 years, started freelancing and and I didn't get my first paying job until a year later after I started that. And, uh, and my first paying job was 100 bucks Wow. <laughs> For a 12 hour day. <laughs> and I thought I was like, I made it. <laughs> I made it. But uh, um, from there, I just decided, like, and I was just a camera operator. And uh, from there, I just grew. Well, well I want to do this now and I want to do that. And, and it just eventually transformed into really becoming more of a camera operator to a cinephotographer than to a storyteller. And that's where I'm at now, where I created my own business and now working with other businesses to help tell their story through video. So yeah, let's let's talk a little bit about that because there, I mean, I, there's a huge difference between someone that's awesome videographer, awesome cinematographer, and someone's able to tell a business's story effectively through video. Uh, Absolutely. What do you see as those differences? Because obviously you, you've developed the technical skills, which I think a lot of people think of the technical skills as the important part. Whereas I feel it's the storytelling is an important part, and the technical skills really need to come later. What are your feelings yes. on that? 
Yeah, I, I, I obviously in today's environment, I think, you know, having the technical skills is is very important, but it is definitely the storytelling aspect of it. And not every videographer is equal to a storyteller. Um, I think some of the major differences is that cinephotographers, they know maybe they may know how to create a one great, excellent shot or they see something. But that that would you know, they're, they're all their eyes is that what they want to know is what they could get from the camera and then how to edit it and make it look great. But a lot of times, however you edit it or however you make it look great doesn't necessarily apply to what the actual story you're trying to tell. Right. So you can have all the glitches, all the distortions, all the different coloring, all the all the different motion graphics and effects to it. But if it's not relaying to actually what the story and your message is, then those are useless. You know, you don't need to use them all all the time. They just you use those in order to help guide the story, help help basically give the viewer a different perspective and a different point of view, but do it in a very engaging way. And so understanding when to use those, how to use those appropriately to tell your story is exactly what um, I think is what the difference is between an actual storyteller versus like a videographer. If that makes sense. Yeah, it does. Um, well, I mean, can you, you know, can you give some a more specific example maybe of like when that you were a cinematographer and now what you would do different as a storyteller or vice versa? Yeah. So I, it's funny, like a lot of my stuff, like a lot of my training ended up being where, uh, I went from broadcast so like, uh, so my background was like in a lot of broadcasts. So it was basically, um, if you watch any type of sports event, right, you just see the camera switch to different angles and it's just capturing what's happening on the field or in studio, um, and, and doing interviews. That's just, that's that to me, that's, it's real basic stuff. You know, you want to be able to know when to switch a camera things like that, but from when I went from that to then I did a lot of weddings. <laughs> wow. <laughs> so my, my, yeah. So there's, and you could look at the difference between weddings. So weddings was, I always, always felt like as a beginner, as someone that wants to get in the business and learn to really how to tell a story, weddings is a fantastic way. Cause one, you have to be efficient. You have to work fast. Things only happen once. You can't just redo things. Um, and you have to capture it, but you have to capture it as in, are you just trying to do a document style or you want to do in a storytelling style? And so, um, you know, if you look at, you know, weddings where, you know, some just, oh, my brother did this video of my wedding. You could tell it's like shaky cameras. It's just trying to capture that moment. But in the storytelling aspect of the weddings, you know, it was more of now focusing on the details, focusing on focusing on what their actual story is. So how do they meet? So it's getting their interviews. Right. So. What we did is we, we got their interviews of the bride and the groom. And we asked the same additional questions. We asked the same questions to the bride and to the groom. And those, uh, you know, those questions is like, how did you guys meet? What did you see in him? You know, drawing out questions that's going to give them those responses. That's going to be your, your baseline of your story. And then it's using that story, that what they described to you, and capturing the details of the wedding. But doing it in a way where you see it as an artist, not someone that we see it as if they just showed up to the wedding. So focusing on, you know, the, the different movements of the camera or, or tights on a, on a flower or a bouquet or, um, <coughs> excuse me, 
or uh or i you know the the eyes of how they look you know when the when the uh the bride comes down the aisle capturing that moment of with like the the groom seeing his reaction those are all detailed things that you really want to capture and put it into that storytelling because that's what's going to draw the engagement of the of that video so i think it's just that's where i that's where i learned how to really tell a story through video was doing a lot of weddings and try to make it almost a movie cinematic piece versus just a documentation you know of like news like <laughs> i think news stories are just document you know they just they just they just quickly shoot a lot of wides and and then, then they <laughs> there's yeah. really no storytelling to it other than the reporter just reporting on it but uh it's just a matter of understanding how to do it very cinematically so understanding setup shots and things like that yeah and i think i mean you're, what you're talking about is visual storytelling and when you talk about setup shots you know you're talking about b-roll which a lot of yes. people you know a lot of people don't understand what b-roll is um do you want to explain what b-roll is because i always explain yeah. it in like 20 different ways <laughs> so in, in, in simple a-roll is like so a like this used to be like as a-roll that's your that's your interview. That's your person that you're talking with, right? They're the, they're the ones that are. So, for example, let's use weddings again. That's me setting up an interview shot and, and, and talking with the bride and talking with the groom. And it's just one of those established shots. Those are your, those are your storytelling elements. B-roll is now the images that you use to, cover, to basically put over those, that's, that content that you got from the audio and it's just now showing the now you're actually like showcasing what they're describing about showcasing what's actually happening during that day, showcasing the um, the the event, but doing it in a very creative way. So, you know, a lot of people love drone shots, drone shots or close up shots of, of like I mentioned before, the eyes, the, the hands, the the um, just the. Just the, the 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 sunsets, the you know slow motion shots of them kissing, you know those are all just m- massive dynamic B roll shots that could be used, slider shots, you know different things like that. Yeah, and how important is B roll? Because I, I try to explain to people and and they don't get it. And and how much time of percentage of your shoot are you spending capturing B roll? I. <laughs> I, I could spend all day on one location <laughs> shooting B-roll shots. Uh, there's so many. We, we, what I typically do is what you call sequence shooting. So uh, to answer your first part of your question, how important it is, it is extremely important. As in, like, your video is going to be boring if there is no B-roll shots in it. It's not going to be as engaging as if there is no B-roll shots in it. It's just the B-roll shots is what's allowing people to view and see as they hear and listen to the actual story that's being talked about. So, you know, it's, and especially in today's like environment when it comes to Instagram or, um, or, you know, Facebook or all the different things is that sometimes people don't actually have audio they could listen to. So Mm -hmm. a lot of people are looking for videos to have that imagery where they don't have to turn on the audio because everything is, you know, mobile. And so it's, it's more, apparent, more important now than ever to have those B-roll shots concluded. And what was the other part that I was going to go with? Well, and how much of your time <laughs> are you spending on B-roll? Yes. Because, you know, it's, it's – I think for a lot of people, if they've never done it before, they want to do one quick take and it's kind of awkward. But <laughs> it, I want to get across the importance of how much time it should take. 
Uh, I would say uh, when I just, when I schedule a full day shoot, probably twenty percent of it is the interview portion of it. Um, the rest is strictly B roll, and you shoot everything. You shoot everything four or five different ways. So you may be getting a shot of someone walking into a door or you know walking into a room. But there's like infinite amount of ways on how to actually capture them just walking down a hallway. And you want to be able to, you know, shoot it in so many different ways so that when you do put the edit together, you're going to have um, options to select from other than just a basic stand wide shot of someone walking. That's not engaging. But if you're walking with them as you're following them and moving with them, like you're part, you're like you're almost like they're right next to them. That's the engagement part. Right. That's the difference between just a set up a shot on a tripod and have someone walk past a camera, you know, have someone walk past a camera versus. Hold on one second. Yeah, I apologize. Yeah, this no is problem. Stupid. I don't know why they're doing this. <laughs> <laughs> All right. So <laughs> take two. Take two. Uh, so, you know, it's. it's really we might leave that in. We might not. I don't know. Hey, yeah, you know, who knows? <laughs> things that we do when you go live right yep um so the where i was talking about is like the 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 amount of time to establish a b-roll shot to make it very dynamic and cinematic the whole point is that you want the person to feel like they are actually there with the person that with if you're featuring a like a an individual or if you're or if you're featuring like a, a brand, you want to have them feel like they're there right next to almost like they, they can touch it. And so um, so gathering those different B-roll shots, they don't always work out. That's why you always have to do so many of them because <laughs> because you will nail one of them eventually once you kind of go through that process. So like I was mentioning before, I do a lot of sequence shooting for one particular shot. So if there's a shot that I need as someone of writing, well, I'm going to have that person writing a paper. They'll do a medium shot, a tight shot, a wide shot, a shot with a close up with some movement to it, like either with a, a steady cam or, or with a slider shot, um, some rack focuses. Those are all different selects that are, that you would want to have available for you to, to be able to use within your video. And that's just that for that one particular moment. And you do that for every single moment that is happening to capture that. So, you know, a lot of people that want to get a shoot done within four hours, it's not enough time because you're going to be missing out on a lot of opportunity to be able to create those dynamic shots. So it, it, takes, a, it takes a lot. I, I, I always tell people I could go in one room and spend eight hours a day shooting multiple different shots of the same thing, uh, you know, to, to show that room. And, uh, you know, it's just, you just just want to capture it. (laughs) Yeah. And I I think it's, it's imperative too, for anyone that's shooting video, which everyone should be to get to know B-roll and, and gets, I mean, start shooting your own because there's always those moments too, that you, if you learn how to shoot it right, that people could be sending you video that you could be using down the line. Yeah, you know, absolutely. There's, <laughs> it's funny. Here's an example. So there was a, um, I was just in Vegas this last week, and we were shooting a bunch of B-roll of this company. They're trying to do a branding video for themselves. They're out in Toronto, Canada, actually, and they came in there. They had like this, uh, 
this event that they do once a year for their for their employees and they bring them down to a special location well this year was vegas and they got to do a lot of kind of like fun high adventure stuff they got to ride skis jet skis they got to ride uh, a lamborghini they got to go out into the strip you know they just had a lot of fun time well you could capture that just by taking a gopro and you know mimic and following everything on it but it's the, the the beauty behind creating dynamic b-roll is 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 now actually show really showcasing and highlighting like those special moments and so um what but one of the things that we did is we, we rented this lamborghini and uh i put a gopro on it i did a little hyper time lapse on it kind of going through las vegas boulevard and uh and and I did it the best quality as I possibly could, right? Everything mm-hmm. I do is the best quality because you have no idea. Even though if you're trying to do something for free or you're trying to do something for a relative, do it as the best quality as possible because you never know who's going to watch it and who's going to see it and is going to be like, hey, can you do that for me? And so prime example, I was doing this Lamborghini shot, and it was really for the company, but I captured it. I put a little put a little video together put a little music together and so they can just like show it off to their friends well they showed it to the actual lamborghini company in vegas and they're like that was amazing we don't like my videographer that i'm using right now here's my phone number give me a call let's do some business so like because i was creating some for something else it so some other people realized how great it was you know how great the, I'm not trying to say I was a great shot, but it was it was just a fun video. No, it was a great video. I saw it. It was awesome. <laughs> and so thanks. Yeah. So, you know, I I literally now have a new client that wants to be able to do and showcase their 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 cars, their sports cars, their high end sports cars for for content that they want to create. You know, and so yeah. it's it's I always try to do everything the best I possibly can, no matter what size level of of work we're doing. You know, it's funny you talk about the GoPro too. And when you talk about B roll, I mean, I tell everyone besides your iPhone, which an iPhone obviously shoots awesome video. I always tell people, they're like, well, what kind of, you know, they send me DSLR and stuff. I'm like, you should get a GoPro first because I feel (laughs) between the iPhone and the GoPro, you can do some amazing stuff. I mean, you're not going to, you know, you're not going to get the big bokeh effect. Um, those of you that don't know bokeh, it's like the blurred out background effect. Right, right. With necessarily with that, but the GoPro you can have with you all the time, shoot amazing 4K B roll, and you never know when you're going to get that awesome shot. Absolutely, you pair it up with, um, you know, you pair it up with a nice little Steadicam rig to mm-hmm. it, just a little handheld. It's portable, it's mobile, it's small. You can carry it, and you could just pull it out whenever you're doing something, and you just take take five ten minutes of you know doing some creative shots i mean like don't you know it doesn't it doesn't have to be you think think you have to kind of sort of step back and think outside the box of like what would be a really cool shot to kind of showcase for instance this lamborghini you know so i was i was doing shots where i i started out from outside of the car and i had like a little i had like a little steady cam rig to it and so i just kind of looked like i was moving flying in from outside all the way through the window right to the driver you know? oh wow and so um and it looked looked it looked awesome you know it's just those type of little movements and moments that's what's really helped telling the story it's not just capturing what's there it's how to manipulate that camera 
and what perspective that you want your viewers to see in order to really help tell that story visually. So it's, it's, uh, and it takes time, you know, you know, and some people want you to think of things right away and, uh, you do, but sometimes it takes time and, and, and re- repetitiveness of shooting something in order to come up with that one great shot. And, uh, where do you want your viewers eyes to go see? Where do you want your viewer to be able to lead to? And then you just, everything, you keep that in mind. And so when you do your B-roll shots, that's, that's what you need to keep in mind when, when you're shooting is like, how, what am I trying to say right here with this particular shot? What do I want my viewers to focus on with this particular shot? And so, you know, it just, just, it, it takes time. So yeah, I, <laughs> yeah, when I think you get done real quick, it's you're you're losing a lot of lot of lot of value. And I and it, it's so important I, I to telling the story with video, especially like you were saying. Now people are watching without sound. Uh, yep, it, it, I think it's one of those tools that everyone that's a marketer, everyone's trying to sell something, needs to learn the basics of. Um, but then everyone comes to me. The first, you know, never one asks me the strategy questions, the things that we're talking about here. Everyone asks about gear first. They think they're going to buy their way into a great shot. Um, and so what do you say to that? And what gear would you suggest to someone starting out? If you're just starting out, the only gear I think is like I, I you hit it on the head when it talks about just having a GoPro or having like a little of a steady cam device for your iPhone. I know DJI makes a, a great steady cam device to hook your iPhone to. Um, you know, if you're just starting out, focus on that and focus on how to get some really great audio, um, you know, for that. It doesn't have to be very expensive. It does have to be a little bit of investment, you know, a couple of grand investment into something. But you can be able to create a lot of great content by with that gear, you know. Um, gear, the higher level gear, that's – you eventually just when you want to actually hire a video production company because – the higher level gear is what obviously is what I typically use, but that's because I'm creating a commercial. You know, I'm creating a commercial that will be shown nationally, and so you know, there's a lot of there's a lot of science that goes behind like what you know, why do I want to use, you know, uh, uh, like for example, I use the C200 and I shoot raw. Well, why do I want to shoot raw? Because I want to have the most flexibility to be able to manipulate and color. A, an image and have the best possible image, you know, to mm-hmm. be produced. And so, um, but that's, 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 that's on the more on the professional level. And that takes time and skill and, and a whole, <laughs> a whole nother you know, skill set, a whole nother skill set. But for someone that's just starting off, you know, you could just get those basic shots. If you shoot, if you get a GoPro, you get a, a DJI Osmo or you get some, or even just a basic DSLR. It doesn't even have to be the highest DSLR. It could be a, a Canon 80D or, or, you know, whatever it is that you feel like you're comfortable with your budget. Those things are going to be very powerful tools to use to be able to help create your own videos. So as long as you make sure that you understand the basics of B-roll, as in, like I said, sequence shooting, a wide shot to establish it, a medium shot to get a little bit closer, and a close-up, which it gets a little bit more intimate, you know, and understanding those different perspectives what it does emotionally to someone, then you're going to be able to be able to create very dynamic videos to go over the, the actual story. And I think it's a good point, too, that even if you're not making the footage, understanding some of these terms, being able to go on to uh, if you're going to hire someone with video, 
for to do your video to understand the terms, understand what you're looking for. Because there's a lot of people out there that have ex- expensive equipment that don't know how to tell a story at all. They might be able to frame one good shot or two good shots, but don't know how to tell a story. And like you said, also earlier on, don't know how to even interview. Uh, yeah. And how and so while that's important, let's talk about that piece of equipment. You're interviewing, and it's not really a piece of equipment. But how important is that interview process when you're when you're talking to these clients? That you're that I would say. I mean, I can't stress <laughs> the importance of of understanding and coming with a game plan when you do it in an interview. Um, asking those opening questions. So while I was freelancing, a lot of my background, <laughs> I was working a full-time job while I was freelancing and I was in sales. So I, I did, I, I, I just, I smiled and dialed for dollars, right? So like I <laughs> literally called people on outbound or they called me on the inbound and I talked to them over the phone. I had to establish that rapport and find out what their needs are, what their pains were and how my service can be able to you know, alleviate those concerns because they're calling for a reason or I'm calling for a reason because they they re, they request it. And so I was in mortgages. And so they wanted to get a refinance or, or a new home loan and things like that. And so obviously you have all the numbers that are in play, but I really developed learning how to draw out information from people in order for me to be say, well, this is the best product for you. And it's the same same way that I that I took in, in my interviewing questions, a lot of open ended questions, allow them to open up, you know, to give you the answer, not just a one word answer or a yes or no, but being able to, you know, understand like, okay, this is the story we want to tell. Now, here are the questions that I'm going to give to you to help us help us tell that story, that framework. And so, um, you know, it's, it's, why do you feel that way? And going in depth with it. So it's like when I first started, so like, tell me, like, you just like, like even on this interview or even when I even talk to people, it's like, so tell me where'd you, where, how did you get started? It's like, oh, you got started. Well, tell me a little bit more. Like what, what was that like? How did that feel? Mm-hmm. Why did that, why did that change your life? What was important to you? You know, those are the questions that help drive that information out of the individual. Cause let's just face it. Nine out of 10 times I come on set and every single person will say, I don't know what to talk about. I don't know what to say. <laughs> you know, <laughs> I, I'm ner- I'm nervous. You know, like I like, what do you want me to say? It's like, don't worry. I want you to talk from your heart and I'm just going to have a conversation with you. And so a lot of those interviews are just a conversation to get like as if you and I were just talking and getting to know each other more. But it's getting to know each other more based off of the structure of what we want, we want them to share. So it's, it's extremely important to, before even going on to production, write down 10, 20 different questions um, that will help guide you through, through that interview process. Yeah, I mean, it's absolutely crucial. The, the questions and how you ask them interviewing is definitely a skill. Um, so, you know, we're talking about what people should do when it comes to video. What do you think the biggest people, the biggest mistakes business owners make, uh, marketers make when it comes to producing videos? What should they not do? Well, <laughs> what they should not do. Um, always rely on someone that doesn't have the experience. Um, you know, it, I always tell people when, when they, when they want to go into video, there's three things that they always look at. They want a great video. They want it. Uh, very fast and they want it on the cheap <laughs> can't have all three you can't have all three you can have two out of those three but you can't have all three yep. you know and 
And so I think a lot of people will obviously will say, well, I want a great video, but I want it cheap. And so, you know, when you when they look for that for a budget, like, quote unquote, budget friendly video, (laughs) they they look for (laughs) they look for people that might have just started their own business or started like, you know, they call themselves videographers and photographers. And this is where they kind of fall in the put line is that they're not storytellers. They just know how to technically use a video or use a camera. But they don't know how to actually gather that information. And that's the biggest part is like find a company that really knows how to be able to tell that story. Because you may have some crappy video, but if the story is engaging and really great, that all that goes away. All that doesn't matter. If you engage in someone and keep them on where it's longer than two minutes and you still have them on longer than that because the stories is so engaging, you've won. You, you've absolutely won. And so it's, it's finding, it's finding the, uh, the right mindset and the right people to be able to help tell that story versus just someone that knows how to run a camera or check audio, you know? Yeah. And even a lot of times they can barely do that, but I mean, <laughs> yeah, yeah, well, yeah, that's, <laughs> <laughs> well, and, and I think that's one of the biggest mistakes people make is they think because video equipment's become so accessible, that it's become so easy to make video that it's easy to make great, compelling video. And now it's it's actually more and more important because there is so much video produced, being produced that you can't just make video. I think five, six, seven years ago, you could just make video, get it online, and make some money. And now, well, yeah, no, I, I agree. I think uh, it, one of the one of the things I just I kind of. I was a part of this Facebook Facebook group, and one of these guys posted that on it that was saying that he just saw a statistic about how video and pictures are now starting to like the engagement of pictures and versus video. It's always like video had the most engagement, had the most the mm-hmm. most success to it, and it's starting to kind of flip up a little bit. Where now pictures are starting to to, to you know, like basic graphics or basic pictures to are getting more engagement than videos and. And we're like, well, why is that? Why is all of a sudden that pendulum swinging more to those still side versus video? And I think a lot of it is that because the market's been so oversaturated, everyone talks about the power of video and why you need to do video and you need to do video. So everyone's getting involved with it. But I think it's such a it's such an oversaturated market of just bad content, bad mm-hmm. videos, and that people when they see that they're shooting a video. Uh, here's another iPhone video. Like they're, they're, they're marketing themselves as a, here's a multi-million dollar business that you can start today in seven step process, but you just see them kind of like jiggling their cell phone in their bedroom. <laughs> you know, you're yeah. like, wait a second here. Like if it's that much value, you probably want to put that same type of value in your video. And so that I think, you, you know, just kind of goes along with why it's important to not only do video, but do it right do it great. And, uh, and, and, and even if you're just starting off and still doing your own video, always have in mind that if you want to put that time and investment in it, always improve yourself to get better every single time you do it. I think, and I think that's a crucial thing because you know, you, you, your podcast is called, it's called just create, correct? Yep. Yeah. And so there's the idea of just putting stuff out there, but then the also idea of refining it and making it better. And it's a balance. It's a very much a balance of, yeah, let's get it out there, but then let's figure out what we could have done better and then do it better next time. 
And you have to do both of them. You can't just put stuff out there and you can't just seek for perfection on every video. It, no, exactly. I mean, you, you always want to strive for perfection. That's the only way you're going to get better. It's never going to be perfect. I've gone through 30 edits of my show that I'm like, all right, uh, I don't like it, you know, but I still, <laughs> I still put it out there because I can't spend too much time on it. But like, you know, it's but each time I do something new, I'm changing it up. So like if you it's funny when you look at my YouTube channel, um, I have like 11 shows. I got two more coming out. And uh, and, and my very first one, it was and this is coming guy that's supposed to be an expert in video. I literally just set up a camera. I had this little condenser mic and I just shot it. Right. Mm-hmm. Not only was my content really, really, you know, it's obviously completely different to be the host versus the, <laughs> uh, the attendee. Yeah. Um, so that was a learning curve, but like even just like production wise and production value, I looked at that. And I'm like, oh, I'm an idiot. Why didn't I put lights up? Why didn't I, you know, <laughs> you know why did, why don't I have like a better backdrop, you know, for my, vid, for my, for my show? Why don't I, you know, so, so each show I continue to try to improve on the production value of it so that when people do look at it, they're like, well, this guy definitely knows what he's doing. He knows what he's talking about. Cause not only is he talking about it, but you see it in the quality of the video itself. So, um, so that's why it's, it's, it's just, it's funny. You'll see that gradual improvement each new video that you do, you know, and you really, I always tell people try to do a hundred videos, you know, like that's, that's your goal. And each one of those videos, by the time you get to that hundred and you look back in your previous, like the first one, you're going to see how far you have come along with, with, with creating, you know, and that's with anything, you know, that's why I always tell people like, just create, don't worry about what. What other people say, don't worry about judgment. You know, there's always going to be improvements that's going to be made, but that's something that's going to drive you to want to do better next time. Yeah, and I think, you know, it, it, from a video, you said it before, so I think people should be creating their own videos, but the, at your top-level videos, you should be hiring someone if you have some money. Absolutely. Um, hiring someone professional and then creating videos that support those videos. Um, so when it comes to... You know, your strategy, how do you go about, like, planning out and creating the strategy for the perfect video for your clients? So um, the, the clients that, I, that, that, that reach out to me and I reach out to them, they obviously, they're already set up to where they're like, I need a very well video done. So they're already ready to make some type of commitment financially, some type of commitment time-wise to produce a video that they want to share, have on their homepage. They want to be able to repurpose, you know, like a high level video. So when I sit down with them on a consultation call, I literally ask questions specifically like, what is your goal for this video? Who's your audience? What are you trying to accomplish? Are we trying to do lead engagement? Are we just trying to showcase the company as in like the culture wise? Are we trying to explain what you guys do? Are we wanting to, you know, what, what is the ultimate goal, the scope of the video that you would like to see? What's, you know, at the end, at the end of all this, what kind of result are you wanting to have with this video? And so based off of that, then we kind of work backwards like, all right. You want to be able to have lead engagement. This is how we could tell the story, you know, and then here's and then I map out and I story based like do a basic structure, not really a storyboard shot by shot, but more of a basic structure. Here's here's where the creative process goes. And so like here's three different examples of how we could tell your story. We could do it interview style. We could do it 
almost like a, like a, like a, um, uh, what's another way? Like, uh, uh, the one that comes to my mind is like, um, if you guys ever see it, it's like Vans does an amazing job of telling their story off the wall, mm-hmm. uh, type stories and videos. They do just, they just, they do an amazing job where it's like literally all voiceover work. It's all mm-hmm. voiceover, but they use just powerful images of these people that are talking of themselves actually working in their shop or doing their skateboards and, and, you know, things like that. So that's another kind of way of, so it's almost a hundred percent B roll at that. It's a hundred percent B roll. Yeah. hundred percent B roll with, with a, with a voiceover telling a story. That's so cool. that's another option, you know, and that's, that's once again, B roll, <coughs> you can't have a great video without B roll. That's just what it is. Awesome. Yeah, it's it's true. I mean, I, it's it, I you know I don't I wish I could have like a really good saying or or a, a, a line to say, but I'm one of those guys that's pretty pretty straightforward and direct. And when it comes to like, no, you just got to have it. Like there's there, there's no there's no like pretty way of saying it other than it just has to be that way. Like that's just the way it, to be able to help tell the story through visual visually tell that story. Awesome. Yeah, and you know how how much video do you feel people should be creating for their business? Because, you know, I think a lot of people think of like, I just make two or three videos. I tell people there's at least eight types of videos you need to be making. Um, You know, how much video, what, where do you see the threshold where video really starts to work for someone? Uh, That, that is a great question. Um, I think at minimum, I think if you shoot four different videos, you can repurpose that to make another four different videos. Mm -hmm. Uh, professionally and like professionally shot and then you just have to do almost daily content of if it's just on your own versus you know like so i think you have to have that balance of being uh, hiring a video production company and and producing those extremely high videos that's you're going to get about eight to ten different videos from that that you're going to be able to use and then you're going to do your your up-to-date videos your daily vlogs or your daily uh routines or just updates you know those are things that could be done on your own where you want to be able to get, you know, you want to be able to produce it within, like, have a video sent out two, two, three times a week. <laughs> yeah. You know, is, is, is in order to be engaged, in order to be on top of everything, because you got to understand everyone's, everyone's already producing tons of content. They're putting out tons of content and in, in, within 24 hours. And so how are you going to stay on top of that? Well, you're going to have to continue to produce it, either being on your own or through a video production company um, and repurposing that. So I think, to be more specific, a branding video, case studies, and you could have like six or seven different case study videos. Um, mm-hmm. You know, a, a why video. Why do you do it? You know, why, why, why did you choose to start your company and help out people? How does it help them out? A how video, what you're about. Those are all basic videos that everything every business should need. Yeah, and I, I, I think every business needs them, and. Uh, you know, when it comes back to the investment of it, I think people of all the things that you invest in, your website will last two years. Your, you know, if you're paid for PPC, obviously that's gone right away. Facebook ads are gone right away. Facebook posts yep. gone right away. But these videos last four years. I have clients seven, eight years st- still making money off the videos. And yeah, it might not be always direct response, but a good online video can last you seven eight years so think about that and your investment in it absolutely uh, and it, it's like a snowball effect so yeah it, it's it's the more that you do and the more you put out there 
you may have someone that is, I think it's two things. It's a snowball effect and it establishes a legacy. I think everyone wants to establish a legacy in everything that they do. And the best one, the best ways to be able to do that is through video. So for example, you create one video and you, and you, you put a, a lot of time and investment on it. Well, that, like you said, that video could last you five, six, seven, eight years. And then you still continue to produce more content, more videos. Well, that individual Let's say you had someone that was that was searching for you, and they found your video that you did um, just recently, like like you know a month ago. And then by looking at that, you know, with the power like with YouTube and all the different uh, sites that are out there that host videos, then it kind of goes to the to the next one, right? And the next one, so everyone falls in that rabbit hole where next thing you know, you're watching videos from this company that was produced six years ago. You know, and and because it's still there. But what got them in there was a video that they did a month ago. Right. So it's it's always about the more content you produce, it's going to bring into someone and they want to be able to research and look for more of it. And then just seeing one because they just see one. Well, that was a great video, but I want to know more. I want to see more. And you don't have any more to show. They're going to be moving on to something else. Very, very true. Thomas, it's been awesome. What would you say is your number one piece of advice right now on video? What's the what's your one hack? What's the one coolest thing going on that you suggest people need to do? Um, what's the one hack and one? Or what? One what's hack? the one thing that is really working for you right now? Uh, bring when anytime you bring. I, I think the best thing is is telling other people's stories. So if you're a company um, that's trying to get their message out. Instead of having them tell it, let the clients that you have worked with, let them tell it. And so that's the biggest thing that I would say. If you had to invest into a video right away um, and you had to, you know, you want to make that investment and you, you're kind of like budget strict to it, best thing you could do is do like a case study or testimonial videos because having other people tell your story is going to be able to drive more traffic than anything. And you can also repurpose it for many different purposes. You could use it for Instagram. You could use it for Facebook ads. You could use it for your website. You could use it for email campaigns. There's so many different various ways that you can be able to use those stories to help really tell your story. And, and you're letting them be the hero. And that, that's the biggest thing is let, the, let, the, let, let your clients be the hero. You don't need to be the hero. You're just providing the service. Awesome. That's amazing advice. I think I've told people that a few times, uh, but uh, it's it's well, it, it's important <laughs> advice to give people, uh, and it, 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 you can never collect too many of those stories. You can never collect no. too many, and you should be collecting them all the time in video, audio, every way possible. I yeah, love and it. it. And one thing that then to lie on, don't just collect them just to collect them. Do them right. Like I see a lot of people do testimony videos. And oh it's just yeah. Like, especially at events, but, you know, where they just line them up and they throw them out in there and ask one stupid little question that's so like just doesn't really mean anything. It's like, what do you think of this conference? And it's like, well, it was great. All right, thanks. Next, you know, it's like, no, 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 no. Dive down into when you talk to these people in the case studies, find out what their issue was, what kind of problems they were having, what, how did it affect their lives, how did it, you know, mm-hmm. like what kind of stress it put on them. And then what their lives is like now by using that service or using that product and how much it freed them. Really dive down and deep. And that's where it goes into play of getting that storytelling portion of in that content is that take some time, sit down with a person and, and be in a quiet room and 
really allow them to open up and let them share what their experience was uh, versus just trying to go in and out with them because those don't do anything. Awesome. I think that's amazing, amazing advice, and everyone needs to listen to it. Uh, it's, it's, I think I've told people before, if that's the one thing you did, you could build yourself a really nice business. If you just, Absolutely. if you just help people and told their stories and you had enough of those stories, that's all you would need. Yeah. 100% uh, agree. 100% uh, agree. I mean, the rest of the stuff's fun and it's cool and you can make some really cool, engaging stuff, but those stories people are gonna watch over and over and over again. And I, you know, we've made stories for people that like, once again, six, seven years old and people tell me all the time, like, you know, I just got another client. I just got another patient because of that story that you captured for us. But to your point, too, and I, I say this over and over again, don't use that word testimonials because that's what you yes. get. <laughs> is you, you don't get a story. You get someone saying, oh, it's great. Well, of course you're going to say it's great. Well, I put a camera in front of your face. But what is your story? Like your point to the questions. Uh, no, you're exactly right. And that is a habit that I need to break badly. <laughs> <laughs> well, everyone does. <laughs> everyone does. Um, Maybe that'll be our next T-shirt is F testimonials. Uh, <laughs> I'll be the first guy to I'll, I'll support that all day. <laughs> F testimonials, just create. <laughs> I love it. Uh, uh, Thomas, Thomas, how if people want to get in touch with you, if they want to work with you, how, what's the best way to get in touch with you? So uh, obviously, does I'm on the platform uh, Instagram on T uh, TD uh, Films. 1904. Um, you can also look at me on my website at www.tdfilms.com. And you can also reach me on Facebook, um, Thomas Duran and TD Films. So well, I, I do a lot of content uh, through that. Awesome. And then also my YouTube channel, Just Create. Uh, just Create. Just love those, any subscriptions that take. I, I bring on experts such as like yourself. Uh, I wanted you on my show next one. And but I bring on different people of, of all different industries and how they use video for their business and, and uh, find out what they do. And so I'm always uh, bringing on different guests that, you know, I, I like to hear that, that them share their story. And so it's, it's a really, really fun, fun time to gauge and, and uh, learn a lot. Well, maybe uh, if you're in town and I'm in town at the same time, we can do a little boat interview. Get on the Absolutely. boat. Absolutely. <laughs> I love it. Yes, yes. Get the yes. drones out. Get six cameras going. Drone wars. I love it. We'll do our own little show. Like, I follow this guy named Peter McKinnon. I'm sure a lot of people, the guy is just, is unreal with B-roll. If you guys want to know how to shoot B-roll or, like, what's a good example of B-roll, uh, go to Peter McKinnon. Uh, Peter McKinnon is just fantastic with it, but he pairs up with this guy named Maddie, and and they, they are just always going out and about and doing fun stuff and i mean that's what their life is it's just a youtube creators but they do a fantastic job and it will it'll definitely inspire you for some creativity shots to be able to do that you could do right now cool uh, thomas and then one quick question it's it's td films 1904 is that the year you were born <laughs> yeah, I am like over 100 years old, 120 years old. Man, uh, 19 is my kid's, my daughter's birthday, April 19th, and 04 is my son's uh, May 4th. Oh, uh, so awesome. May 4th be with you is my son's birthday. Oh, cool. Yeah, so and he is a big, big into Star Wars, and which is, it pains me a little bit because I really hated the last – Last Jedi, man. <laughs> like I was a huge Star Wars fan, and I feel like they killed it for me. But that's just yeah, that's that's a different conversation. Well, you're gonna have to come down to Orlando once Star Wars Land opens up. It's gonna be cool too. I, I want to see. It. Yes, I, I can't wait to see it. Yeah, I'll post some pictures of behind the scenes I, I just took uh, last week. I'll, pu- I'll put them on the podcast too. So, uh, guys, click on the show notes. We'll have links to uh, to Thomas's stuff and links to my behind the scenes Star Wars stuff. 
<laughs> nice. I'm clicking on that. <laughs> awesome. Awesome, brother. Well, thanks so much for being on the show. Thank you. It was a, it was a lot of fun. Thank it you. was a lot of fun. And thank you all for listening to Thomas and I and taking us on your journey. This has been Iron Garlic and the Garlic Marketing Show. If you haven't signed up already, make sure to sign up for the free training. It's free for a limited time. The Level Up Video Marketing Training. Really take your business to the next level. Just go to authenticweb.media slash level up or click on the show notes and there will be a link right there. I look forward to seeing you in the training and look forward to seeing you level up your business. That's it for the Garlic Marketing Show. If you want to get the inside scoop and the latest techniques, make sure to follow Ian Garlic on Facebook. 